Well, happy Friday to you. Good afternoon, good afternoon. I pray that it is just before 1 p.m. Central Time, 12.57 to be exact. So it is just before 2 p.m. on the East Coast. And a little before 11 a.m. on the West Coast. I welcome you. I am your host of the Father's Table podcast. And this is a segment that we call Midday Meditation. Your host, Pastor Ron L. Tate. And I'm so grateful that you are joining us today. Whether you're joining us live on our various live stream outlets, whether it is on YouTube or Vimeo, Facebook, as well as our website, hispresence.church. I welcome you. And for those of you who are listening via podcast at a later date and time, I welcome you as well. And I am so grateful for everyone for tuning in and joining us just for a little bit of your time. I pray that this podcast is encouraging you. It's strengthening you. And it's drawing you deeper into the heart of the Father. It's drawing you into a place that you have not been with Jesus before. Or maybe you once were and you went astray to some degree. You know, it is sometimes easier than we realize to one moment be on the path of the way. To take an exit that runs parallel to the way that we were on and we are close enough for a while to think that we're okay. And then without even realizing that way leads us away. It is, it's similar to a frontage road that runs alongside a highway, an expressway. And for a while you're running exactly parallel with the expressway and then that road you're on maybe jets out to your right a little you can still see the highway it is there it may be just a little bit further but you can see it and you think that you're okay and then there are trees ahead and the road goes out to go around the trees just a little bit and you think I am still going north or whatever direction. And you think that the expressway is directly parallel to you. But without your knowing it, recognizing it because of the drive, you have slowly gotten further and further away from the way that you were on. And if that resonates, if that's you in any way, I pray that this time draws you back into the heart of Christ. It draws you back to his cross where you first met him, where you first fell in love with him, where you first heard his voice, where you, you first longed for him, <clears throat> where you first experienced deliverance, where you first were set free, where you first experienced breakthrough. And from that place again, there will be a renewal of heart, a renewal of of life, a renewal of your vow to serve him with everything that you are. I pray that, that, that this podcast can do that for you. I pray that in some way, this little time that we're together, that it causes you to cut off things of your life, that the enemy has made his way inside of your life and has hindered you. Paul says to the Galatians, he says, who has bewitched you and hindered you from running your race? I pray that this podcast in some way for you will break every hindrance that has prohibited you from running the race that the Lord has called you to run. To run upon the way, the way, the truth, and the life. 
It is the narrow road, the life that is narrow in its scope. It's difficult, but it leads to the one who is life. It leads to fullness of life. And I pray that in some way for you, this podcast offers that. It brings that to you. You're sharpened. You're quickened. You're made alive. I pray that is what we desire. That is what we're longing for, for hearts to be transformed, made new, lives to be quickened and sharpened and brought to the feet of the master, brought to a place where hearts are open and softened and pliable for the master to shape in any way that he so chooses. That is what Fridays are for. That is what any other day that we do this podcast. It is all about the quickening of the believer and the walk in intimate relationship, the fulfillment of destiny upon the believer's life. So I pray that this, in some way, is that for you. In some way, it provides that. I pray that wherever you are this Friday, Friday, November 12th, while we are in the 11th month of the year and are in the middle of the month, can you believe it? I pray that you are well and that you're having a wonderful Friday in his presence. We are here in Frisco, Texas. It truly is a wonderful, wonderful Friday as we are in his presence and just walking with him. As I have uh, mentioned, for us, this is a, we are having a month long, it's a month of Thanksgiving for us here at the Father's house, here in the Tate home. It is a month of thanksgiving. What does that mean for us? It means that we have decided to, for this month, move away from our normal Sunday service, the way we normally do Sundays which is worship. We have a time of teaching, prayer. We, we've gotten away from the teaching aspect of it for this month. And we're just seeking his face in prayer and in worship, loving him, thanking him, magnifying him because he is good. A month of thanksgiving. Sometimes in our culture, in our culture today, we, if you've noticed, we go from October and people doing what they do in October, dressing up on the 31st and doing their trick-or-treating, all of those different things, and we immediately now jump right into Christmas, if you've noticed that. You go to stores and Christmas decor is up and it's around because it's such a big money maker. And we've begun to bypass November altogether with the exception of our focus upon Black Friday because of the sales again. And we're forgetting about that last Thursday of the month, which is a day that has been set aside. The first president of our United States did that. Those individuals from Europe who came upon the Mayflower and the ships and they came and they met with the Native Americans and they had a meal of thanksgiving that the Lord brought them here and that they were here safe and 
that many perished in the journey, but they many survived and that they were setting up a new life unto the Lord. They were thanks, thankful. The first president of the United States set aside a day of thanksgiving. It was a day to repent of sins, to remember and thank the Lord for all that he had done for our nation, our young nation, for his bountiful blessings being poured out upon us, for his protection. Our 16th president, according to history, with the full acknowledgement, full agreement of both houses of Congress, set into law this day called Thanksgiving. It was to be and is to be a day that is set aside for you and I, as Abraham Lincoln said, to repent of our many sins against God and God alone. It's a day to be set aside that we pray to him as a nation, that we seek his face as a nation, a day that we set aside to thank him for blessing us as a nation, pouring out his goodness upon us, for protecting us from our enemies and for what he wants to do in the future with us as a nation. And it seems in large respect today that we, as a culture, as a whole, are bypassing this. As it seems that as a culture and the nations, some of the leaders are attempting to shift us from, let's just deal with our nation, as a God-fearing nation into an atheistic nation. And thanksgiving, being thankful, is one of the quickest, most sure ways to enter into the very presence of God. More and more, the day that we have set aside as thanksgiving is simply a day to overeat, to not have to go into work, to ready ourselves for Black Friday sales and to watch an overabundance of football. And I'm here to challenge us. I'm here to say to us, let us go back to the foundations. For in them are truths that we can build our life upon. Let us go back to a day where we as a family will set aside and we say, Lord, we worship and adore you for you are worthy. And we thank you for all that you have already done. All that you have been. We thank you for all that you are doing and all that you are to us. And we thank you for all that is in your heart to do and all that you want to reveal yourself as to us. What it will do to a nation, to a people, to neighborhoods, to families, to cities, when we learn to be thankful. So we, here at the Father's House in Frisco, Texas, we have set aside this month to pursue, in the pursuit of being a thankful people unto the Lord. To posturing our heart in, in worship, in adoration, in fellowship with him, that we might say thank you, that we might honor him a month long, which includes our Friday afternoon house of prayer, which 2 p.m. today, and which also now includes the Sunday that just passed, which was November 7th, 
of this Sunday coming up, the 14th, the 21st, and the 28th at 8 a.m. our normal, uh, excuse me, 10 a.m. our normal Sunday time of worship, a worship service. It will simply be a worship and prayer offering unto the Lord as we minister to his heart and then step into the very throne of God as we seek to know his heart as we just want to tell him how grateful we are for everything that he's done and so I encourage you to join us this this month right wherever you may be wherever you may be watching from here in the United States outside whatever state whatever city wherever you're a church member at join us as we offer thanksgiving praise worship adoration unto the lord amen well i want to i'm going to we have been for the last i'm going to push pause on our what we have been teaching about for the last several weeks in Psalm 15. And maybe next week, a couple of weeks, maybe maybe December, I don't know. We'll jump back. But right now, I just want to talk about Thanksgiving for a little bit. And it's possible that today and in the weeks to come, I'll make mention and give things scripturally from a biblical context from the kingdom of God perspective that I am thankful for and maybe it will resonate with you and maybe it will quicken your heart to be thankful maybe you are already thankful in these ways what do I mean by saying that there is one thing that I am very grateful for It is, and not many people will say this, but I am thankful for unanswered prayer. <clears throat> and you will say, what are you talking about? <laughs> we pray for answered prayers. We're asking the Lord to answer our prayers. And yes, we want answers to our prayers. But I'm grateful that some of the prayers that I have prayed out of my own flesh, out of my own selfishness, out of my own immaturity, my lack of knowing, there are things that I have asked the Lord for that I'm grateful he did not give me. I am grateful that he did not answer them in the way that I was pushing and pressing. And, you know, when you are young, oftentimes, and even when you're not, the Bible tells us to ask, to seek, to knock. These are Jesus's words in, in the book of Matthew. And oftentimes we are taught that if we just keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking, that the Lord will just give us what we want. And there is a measure of truth to it. However, there are things that we ask for that are completely and totally outside of the, his will for our lives. There are things, people, situations, circumstances that we ask for, we are praying for them to happen that will take us off of the plan, purpose, destiny that is aligned for us. They will hurt us. And as a good father, he withholds from us. 
even when we do not understand why, he knows that in time to come as we mature, we will. It is the same with our natural children. There are times when my children want something and they ask for things and they don't understand why I say no or take it away. And I have to simply explain to them that this is best for you. I am protecting you. But they don't fully understand, but I recognize that there will be a day as they mature that they will fully grasp, fully understand why I have said no. So there will be things of that nature. And <clears throat> one day, you know, I don't know, if maybe I'll, I'll talk about prayer. I don't know. But today I want to go in uh, a slightly different direction. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 17. <clears throat> and as I get into that, I do want to mention Psalm 100. Specifically verse four, but I want to read a couple of other passages or uh, uh, passages of, of this scripture. He says in Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. I can remember being at the church where I gave my life to Christ in the late 90s, early 2000. Our pastor would read this verse and he would expect us all to make a joyful shout to the Lord. And he would pause and if we didn't shout loud enough, he would read it again. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. You know, I think about sporting events. We go to sporting events. We sit in our home and watch them. And we are in no way ashamed to be loud to shout, to scream. We scream at our TV, at commentators, and we're at the game and we're yelling and shouting. And then for some reason, when it comes to being in the presence of the Lord, and when it comes to being with around other believers, we get silent and ashamed of making a joyful shout to the Lord. We, we become all of a sudden dignified and reserved. And we don't want to look too passionate for the Lord. We don't want to stand out in any way for the Lord. I, I want to read this other passage of scripture that just jumped into my heart. Mark 8. Verse 38. Jesus says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. He uses those terms and it's interesting. At sporting events. If you go to concerts, I. I don't, not especially uh, artists who are not Christian, not glorifying the Lord. We don't listen to what we would call secular music. And that's a different topic, different discussion, because I know there are people who would immediately disagree with me. But he says, but we will go to sporting events. And we don't mind showing our enthusiasm, pride, our craziness <laughs> for our team. 
it's acceptable in our culture. We don't mind that. And yet Jesus says, whoever, Mark 8.38, is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. He uses the term adulterous. One who is in adultery has no covenant. They do not live in covenant. They have, we understand, but if a married couple and someone is an adulterer, they have broken the covenant of marriage. And he uses this term and he says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous, in this generation that is without covenant, in this world, in this society, we're ashamed. So I won't be as loud. I'll be a little more quiet and reserved and laid back. I won't wear cheap t-shirts. I won't be loud in my talk. I won't be bold. I, I, I'm ashamed of Jesus and his words in front of an adulterous and sinful generation, a generation who lacks covenant. In other words, you're the one who has covenant. You have come, come into covenant relationship with him. And he says, you're ashamed of me in front of people who do not have what you have with me. He says this, of him, the son of man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. We will shout at venues where our favorite sporting team is playing. We will shout as we sit at home and watch our team play on television. Here in Texas, in North Texas, it's Dallas Cowboy country. And we will shout. We will wear our gear. But when it comes to being loud for the Lord, we quiet up. Jesus says, don't, don't be ashamed of me. If you're ashamed of me. And oftentimes we say, you say to an individual, why are you ashamed of the Lord? I'm, oh, oh, I'm not ashamed of the Lord. I just don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to offend those who lack covenant who lack a love for the Lord, but I'm willing to offend my Lord at any point in time. There is a problem with that. Let me keep going because I'll get off of where I wanted to be. He said, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Here's the verse I'm after. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Gates, as I mentioned, are transition places. We can call them portals, doorways into another reality. And he says, enter into the gates, the gateway into my place with hearts filled with gratitude, with thanksgiving. And he goes on and into his courts with praise. He says, be thankful to him. And bless his name. He says it again. Be thankful. For the Lord is God. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures for ge to all generation. He says to enter into the very place where he is. Come through the gateway that leaves the reality of where you are. And brings you into where he is. With thanksgiving. 
and a thankful heart. I wanted to read that. It is one of the quickest ways for you and I to enter into the very presence of the Lord is to live, to be thankful, to live with a thankful heart. It is this place where you can enter into the very presence to to gain a greater reality of him his person by simply pausing and saying thank you thank you for my life thank you for my spouse for this reason thank you for doing this thank you for your love for me thank you pausing and positioning your heart in a place of gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And all of a sudden, your heart will explode and everything around you will begin to open up and you will sense him in ways that you never have. First Thessalonians 5, starting at verse 16, verse 17 and 18. He says, Rejoice. Always. Again, it's in Psalm. He says, make a joyful shout. Rejoice. It is this outward display of your heart for the Lord. Your enthusiasm. An outward display of what is taking place in the heart. An outward display of the passion that you say that you carry internally. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Rejoice always, forever in this posture of releasing joy, of giving joy because of the Lord himself in my life. Rejoice always. And from the place of rejoicing, pray, he says, without ceasing. Then verse 18. 18. In everything. I pause there. That is this key word of the entire verse. He didn't say in the things that you feel good about. He didn't say in the circumstances that are a blessing to you. Physically, naturally speaking in the circumstances that you feel comfortable with, that you like. He says, in everything. In other words, there is a place in every circumstance, in every situation to be thankful about. There is a way and a place in every circumstance and in every situation to be thankful To be thankful for all that is taking place in your life. You, This can happen, he says. In everything. In every situation, in every circumstance. That if I allow my eyes to see as he sees. And even in the midst of what is uncomfortable. Lord, help me see you. As you see that I might remain thankful in everything. Give thanks. Help me, Holy Spirit. That even in what I am facing and I do not like right now. To see with the eyes of the Father. That I can give him thanks right now. That I can rejoice in him right now that I can commune and pray with him right now in the midst of whatever circumstance I am not liking. Help me to live with a heart that is thankful because a thankful heart is a heart that can access his presence no matter what. And no matter the circumstance I am in, 
I want to live and be at a place where I can access and step into his presence because it is there that my deliverance is upon me. It is there that healing is available. It is there that breakthrough is available. It is there that everything that I am longing for and needing is available. It is in him and with him because he is everything. So he says in everything, give thanks. Allow him, ask him to show you what you can rejoice and be thankful over. I remember, let me finish the verse. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We are always wondering, Lord, what is your will for me? We want to know the will of God for our lives. We're asking for the unknown will. What has he put me here to accomplish? What purpose does he have? And yet there is a known will in the scriptures that he has called me in to live from. When he said to the disciples in Acts chapter 1 that you shall be witnesses. He wasn't saying that you would go door to door for me. Yes, yes, uh, we, we get that sharing the gospel is necessary. But you shall be witnesses is this fact that my life will speak of him. My very life will give witness to the fact that I have given all that I am over to his charge. My very life will speak of the love that I have for him. My very life will speak that I serve him. My life will give witness to the fact that I have died to self for him. That word witness in the Greek is the word for martyr. I am the living dead. I no longer live for myself, for my flesh, but I have died to my desires, my wants, and I live for him. And my very existence, my very life is to speak to his reality in everything. The kingdom is supernatural and therefore the supernatural should be a part of my daily existence and my daily life. In everything, give thanks. This, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. While we are seeking the unknown will, the plan that he has for my life. There are known wills, and the, one of the known wills is this, that I am to give thanks in everything. I was laid off at my job. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing in my life. This one door closing means that there is another door opening because I am a son and daughter of you and you will not allow one door closing without opening an avenue for another so I thank you for what you're doing though I today I don't understand today I'm disappointed today I'm hurt right now at this moment but I know my emotions will change and I will settle so I thank you right now for what you're doing and I thank you and ask you to make it known to me that I see as you see, that I know as you know, that I think like you think and feel as you feel. In everything, give thanks, for it's the will of God. It is part of, it is one of those things that should be the fabric of my very life to be a thankful person. Those who call themselves Christians, sons and daughters, believers, ought to be the most thankful people on the planet. We should live with hope. That is another will. We are hope peddlers because hope infuses who we are. Why? Because we look for the day of the return of our Lord and our Savior. 
If we believe he is coming again, then we will live in great hope. I remember when this verse in Thessalonians uh, became real to me. For those of you who are watching online, I'm holding up this little book. Uh, you can see it. For those who are listening, uh, you can't see it. But this little book, its uh, the book is entitled, let me, I'm looking for the, when it was written. The copyright is 1958 and 1967. It is, it's written by someone just named Brother Lawrence. And uh, for those of you who have read this book, you know, you understand. It's a little, little like mini book. It's small. It's 112 pages, even though it's small. It's not the normal size of most of the books we read. <coughs> But it's called The Practice of the Presence of God. By Brother Lawrence. The Practice of the Presence of God. And I remember I was reading this book. I was living in Glenwood, Glenwood, Illinois. I was single. With a young son. I did not have a car. And so I had to either walk or catch public transportation everywhere that I went. And I remember this one time. I was going, I had to go to Chicago to be uh, a part of this service at a church that I had spoken at. And I was going to support another leader, mentor, someone who would become a pastor later on in my life. And I was also going to uh, do, I was asked to do the offering that day. And I lived in Glenwood, Illinois, which is a south suburb. And I remember having to take public transportation and I remember the individual that I was going to support, as I mentioned. He asked if I would go, wanted to go out with he and his family to eat dinner. I said, sure. And my thought was that after I went out that they would give me a ride home. But they didn't even offer. Which meant that we were in Tinley Park, Illinois, eating on a Sunday that I had to take public transportation. And anyone who lives in the Chicagoland area knows that the suburb suburban public transportation system is called PACE, the PACE bus. It does not run all night like the city of Chicago, the CTA. And on Sundays, it stops even earlier. And I remember riding on the bus in a suit with a long trench coat, dress shoes on, and I'm on the bus, and it begins to sleet, snow, rain, ice. I remember this. And I'm reading this book. And I'm feeling bad for myself. <laughs> Here I am. This man of God, so to speak. Here I am. Just left teaching. Here I am, or giving the offering. I wasn't teaching the whole message, but here I am in a suit on this bus in the middle of winter or the beginning of winter, whenever it was. But it was, it was sleeting and it was a big, about to begin snowing. And I read about this man, Brother Lawrence, and he's in a kitchen at a restaurant, dishwashing and washing dishes and and he begins to talk about 1 Thessalonians 5.17, 5.18. 
about giving thanks in everything. And he talks about how he thanked the Lord, was thanking the Lord for washing the dishes at this restaurant. He was the only one, and he had a kitchen full of dish, dishes, and he was practicing the presence of God by being thankful. And I remember reading that as he was expounding upon this verse, and it exploded inside of me like a bomb and I closed the book and and I said I remember saying how am I supposed to be thankful and I I was asking the Lord when people who are not even serving you they're driving and yet I'm attempting to serve you with my life I'm walking and I wasn't walking yet however the bus was taking me to the next bus station but there would not be a bus coming. I was going to have to walk several miles. And by the time I got there, it was snowing. It was wet. I had on dress shoes, and one of the shoes was coming apart at a place. And it was in that moment, in that time, that I began to thank him. I began to overcome my own flesh overcome my own feelings, overcome where I was, and to thank him, to thank him for where I was, to thank him for what he had given to me, to thank him right in the midst of where I was, to thank him for the privilege of walking, to thank him for all of these different little things, anything I could think of, to cause my flesh to go low because my flesh wanted to complain about where I was. My flesh wanted to complain about my current station in life, about my current situation. And the Lord was giving me an invitation to step into his world, to step into his place, to practice the presence of the living God to step into his presence by giving thanks. And I walked home that night practicing thanksgiving. That has led me to this place where I know just recently, and I will close with this, this is what I am thankful for today. I'm thankful for the journey that he has given me that has not been easy. But he's prepared me for, he is preparing me and has prepared me for the call and the plan that he has for my life. It is the narrow way, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Most of us, myself included, at times we want the easy road and the easy way. But Jesus says it's a narrow gate and the difficult way that leads to life. I want life more than I want ease. I want life. Jesus himself is life. I want life more than I want to be comfortable in everything. Thanksgiving is the place to step into his presence, to navigate the difficult way, the narrow road to come to a place where he prepares you for what he ultimately has for your life. Many people would say, yes, I believe we are in the end times, but in order to be a soldier of his in the end times, you have to be prepared to fight a battle that will be majorly difficult. Anyone who is in the military knows that basic training you did not, you probably did not like your commanding officer. You did not like him very much, but he was attempting, she was attempting to prepare you for an enemy that you would face at some point, prepare you for a lifestyle in war that you would have to live through. And so basic training and the way that they treated you and acted and things that went on were to prepare you for that. And so... It is with our life. I said to my wife, 
I don't know how long ago. It, it, it was sometime this year, recent, that I said to her, as a son, every son wants his father around. Every son wants to have a father guide them and lead them. The one father that I really had, my grandfather, was he was the father I had. My mother and father, naturally speaking, were both teenagers when I was born. They were not looking for a child. They were children still themselves. And so in large measure, because of that, they did not want me, so to speak, and did not know how to raise me without rejecting me and doing damage at times to me that they didn't really intend. But I said to my wife recently, I am thankful that the Lord has given me the life that he has given me. I'm thankful for having gone through the pain that I did. Uh, let me finish the story I was making, mentioned what I was saying about my grandfather being my father. And he was, but my grandfather died when I was 12. He didn't take care of his life, his body, etc. And he died on his, on his 65th birthday. He was the father that I knew. And so it was hard for me. I, my natural father, I, between the ages of me being an infant and 13, I saw him a handful of time in my life. And then when I turned 13 and my mother was having difficulty with me, 13, 14, 15, she was having difficulties with me and I was having difficulties with her. She sent, I went to be with him, but we were totally disconnected and didn't know one another and had a hard time connecting. And, and I said to my wife recently, I'm grateful, I'm thankful today not that I wanted to live without a father. Not that there aren't moments and things in my life that my father could have given me that it wouldn't have taken me 40 plus years to pick up on, to learn. I could have learned it greater, but I said, I'm grateful that I've, I lived the way that I lived without a father in that way. And the Lord would strategically put men of great character and esteem in my life around me to give things that I needed. And I said, the reason that I'm thankful is this produce this longing of fathering inside of me today that maybe I would not have had in the same way had I not gone through what I have, me personally, I'm not talking about anyone else, but I'm talking about accessing the presence of the Lord through thanksgiving. No, I am not thankful that I didn't have a father and a natural family and two parents there. But I'm thankful that the Lord has gotten a hold of me and what my life, the difficulties and the hardships of my life, what they have produced because Romans 8 says that he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. It means that the Lord wastes nothing of your life. And he knows how to get you ready for the plans and the purposes he has for you. If you will love him with everything and put your trust completely in him, the difficult circumstances of your life, of your past, he knows how to turn them all around for good. The difficulty, the pain of not having a father all of my life, practically, except moments, has produced inside of me. A man who asked the Lord to teach him what it was to be a father so that I could be that for my own children. I don't know how good of a father I am today. I don't know how well I'm doing it. I simply want to be the best that, that, can, that I can be. And I'm working to be that. But not only that, I have a heart to father those who live without fathers. Why? Because I know what it feels like. I know the pain of it. And for many of you, you have lived in different circumstances, some the same way. And you have a longing and a desire to help people overcome what you yourself have already lived through. It is this place. And I'm telling you, 
if you will learn and ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit to teach you how to be thankful in the midst of difficult and ugly circumstances, you will gain access to a place in his presence that produces power, that produces healing and miracles and deliverance and breakthroughs for the generations. Be thankful in everything. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 In everything, give thanks. I thank him for my life. I regret nothing of my life. But there's one thing. I regret that I didn't surrender my life to him sooner than I did. I long and wish I had given my life to the Lord sooner than I had done. And yet even in that, had I given it to him sooner, maybe I would have missed on some things that are shaping me to walk with him at greater levels than had I not. I am thankful for my life, for every hardship, for every difficulty, because it has made what he has done today even that much sweeter inside of me. And I pray that you right now will come to that place of allowing Holy Spirit to reveal to you places of thanksgiving. Tables where you can offer thanks and praise to him for who he is, for what he has walked you through and what he has done for you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for who you are and what you have done and what you continue to do. I ask you right now that for every listener, for every heart, that Holy Spirit you would touch right now and create inside of everyone a heart of thankfulness and gratitude that we might learn that in every circumstance, every situation, to give you thanks, to honor you, to magnify you and to lift you up because you're the worthy one who is able to overcome every deficiency, every lack, every failure inside of our life and create beauty out of our ashes. So we honor you today. We magnify you and we give you glory in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Well, I pray that that was a blessing for you, that that ministered to your heart, and that you, along with me, we will learn to be a people of thanksgiving, a people of thankfulness, of gratitude in every situation and every circumstance. You know, the world is looking for something to be thankful for, looking for a measure of hope, looking for something to gravitate and hold on to that produces life. May you and I be the hope that they're longing for. And it starts with a thankful heart where we thank the Lord in everything. For this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, I thank you for joining us today. You have been listening to Midday Meditations at the Father's Table. And I am your host, Ron L. Tate, lead pastor of the Father's House Frisco. I bless you today, and I pray that you'll join us again next week. Right here, same time, and we will talk again possibly on Thanksgiving. We'll see what the Lord has for us. I pray that wherever you are, if there's sickness, disease, any area of brokenness in your body, I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would touch you right where you are and that healing will burst forth in your life, that you will be whole, made well, and that there will be a measure of deliverance for you right now, right where you are. If you're on a bed of affliction, may he raise you up now in Jesus' name off the bed of affliction. May he strengthen you. May he miraculous, miraculously supernaturally provide bread for your table and take care of every need of yours in Jesus name. Well, I bless you and I pray that you have a wonderful week in the presence of the Lord.
Again, this has been Ronnell Tate, lead pastor of the Father's House Frisco, and I'm your host of the Father's Table Podcast. We'll see you soon. Bless you. Bye-bye.